This episode of the podcast is brought to you by having an ingrown toenail only to finally get it out after weeks of pain to reveal that it was actually Dax Shepard in there the whole time. Dear Mr. Byrne, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong, but we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are, and you see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions of what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case a princess and a criminal does that answer your question ladies and gentlemen welcome back to roll the credits the podcast the only podcast that got detention on a saturday i'm zach and i'm frank and today we're here to do breakfast club mike yeah, it's, a, it's a classic it is a classic boy I remembered this movie being a lot more lighthearted. Um, yeah, it's it is it's dark. It's uh, a dark movie. It go it goes dark in some places. Um, it's definitely I haven't seen this movie since I was like sixteen. Yeah. Um, it's been a very long time since I watched this film. Uh, it's it it really truly is like the iconic eighties film in oh, my opinion. Absolutely. Like, Between the soundtrack and like. The actual like attires of everyone, yeah. John Hughes is just like really good at uh, I mean he made like sixteen candles. Mm-hmm. Then he made this. Um, he's just got like that way of you know making like the eighties, like capturing a time frame in yeah, a bottle exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So all right. So if you haven't seen Breakfast Club, it came out in nineteen eighty five. It was written and directed by John Hughes. You have. Emilio Estevez, who plays Andrew Clark, Judd Nelson, who plays John Bender, Molly Ringwald, who I think this was like like the peak of her career, and then she kind of like fizzled out after this, um, but she plays Claire. You have Ali Sheedy, who plays Allison, Anthony Mitchell Hall, who plays Brian, and then Paul Gleason, who plays Mr. Vernon, and that's your entire cast. And if you don't know what Breakfast Club is about, it is... Five high school students meet in a Saturday detention and discover how they have a lot more in common than they thought. Right. Yeah, this is a pretty good <laughs> overview of it. Um, so what do you want to talk about first? Uh, who's, who, I want to know, who is your favorite out of, out of the group? Of course it's Bender. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of a scumbag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I gravitate towards, like, the villain always. And, well, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I just... I like him a lot. I, I I hate to say it, but I really do. He's mm-hmm. got, he's he's the only thing that I wish is that he was actually a badass and not just like a chicken puffing out his chest. And then yeah. when somebody actually steps up to him, he's like, oh, uh, never mind. Yeah, like but when when like uh Andrew like actually like gets beats, him down to beats the, the shit out of him, <laughs> <laughs> or like when he gets um when the fucking when the uh, when the teacher is like telling him to punch him in the face. Yeah, and he backs and he just down. yeah and he just doesn't do it. You're like, uh, like all right, you're not really as tough as you thought. Um. But I don't know. I, I like the idea of like him having that that kind of like backstory of, you know, when he's doing the, you know, like, hey, what is it like at your house? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, shut up! And like he's screaming. Yeah. And he's like he's playing his mom and his dad and himself. And he's got like cigarette burns on his forearm. And and he's just showing like, oh, this guy is actually the reason the the, the reason why he acts the way that he acts is because he has such a trouble a troubled life at home. Yeah. Um. So I always kind of just like that type of character for whatever reason. Yeah, I do like the... In most cases, I like the run, like the broken thing. Yeah. But like... Plus, he's also just like really funny. He is. Like he has his moments of being really funny. And then he has his moments of being like really kind of like creepy. 
Oh, um, yeah. A lot with Claire. And yeah. I think it kind of like passed in the 80s. And now like this generation is like, oh, that's a little rapey. Even for me, like I still think that it was still pretty weird in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. But like, <laughs> I think they kind of like gave a pass a little bit I, in time. I guess. It was like, oh, boys will be boys type situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like Bender definitely has like the most on screen time. Yeah, absolutely. So it's hard to kind of be like, oh, he's not your favorite pick. Yeah. Because like he has the most development in the movie. Yeah. I do like Allison though. I kind of gravitate towards her because she's kind of like. She's like the weird girl. Yeah, she's the weird one. And that's like, like who you are attracted to? In a sense, yeah. yeah. Like I always kind of go for like the weird, more so like broken people. Yeah, um, I, I get that too. Um, I will say it is strange. There's so like I don't know. I, I just want to talk about my one negative about this film mm-hmm. um, because I really do. This is similar to Swiss Army Man to me. Yeah, where I just feel like the ending is so bad the that it almost rushed. ruins it. Like, it's very rushed. I feel like I, it's not. So for me, it doesn't exactly feel rushed. It just doesn't. Nothing feels very satisfying, and mm-hmm. it makes me kind of like question everything else because. Bender is the worst human being possible. Yeah. He... And by the end of it, by the end of him mistreating <laughs> all of these people yes. so much, he ends up dating Claire. Claire yeah. gives him his, her earring mm-hmm. and they're like kissing each other on the hood of her father and mother's car while and the mother's just sitting in like the... the, yeah. the like, seat. hey, honey, you gonna introduce us? It's really weird. Um, And like, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I hated that moment because it's just like, why would Claire be like that towards him? And then also the same deal with um, Allie. Like, yeah, Allie has the moment, of course, in like a classic 80s thing where it's like she is kind of the 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 misfit. And -hmm. then she has that transitional like princess, like, you know, reveal where it's like, oh, we redid her makeup and all that. It's like, a that takes away a lot from her character. Exactly. Because, like, she's no longer that misfit character. Now she's basically Claire. Right. So it's like, and you can't have two princesses. And it doesn't... And it's never like, oh, she wants to be that character. She 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 never, like, implies, like, I wish I was more like you. Yeah. I just don't know how to be like that or anything like that. It's just kind of like, Claire just takes her in and it's just like, hey, let's go to this room together and I can just do your makeup. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... You know, that's that. Unfortunately, that's like when Andrew and Brian end up like thinking, like, "Oh wow, she actually is really pretty." And I'm just like, ah. But like, meanwhile, it though, ruins it. If you look, like, if you see like facial features, like Brian's kind of into her from the beginning. Yeah, I guess. But that's also because he's never been with a girl. <laughs> yeah. So. So it just it just kind of ruins everything. It's just kind of weird that that the ending because I I guess she sort of dates. Um, Andrew, kind of like, I, I, yeah, but like, why? Right. <laughs> like, like, there's literally other than like two conversations, there's nothing that like pinpoints them together. Yeah, and now, and now you have to sit there and think like, oh, okay, so what? Claire did Ali's makeup mm-hmm. for Once. this for this one time, and now all of a sudden she's a completely changed person, and then on Monday she's gonna come back and just be like that? Yeah. Like, absolutely and, not. And then what happens? Like, is Andrew just gonna like diss her or like fucking like actually be with her? Like, right? What? Which one and is it? Bender gonna be? is still gonna be a fucking weirdo. Like, yeah. you go through his phone and he's got all these women in his phone. Exactly. And Claire's just gonna be like, yeah, that's fine. He's my boyfriend. It. it the yeah. whole thing. I, I really, really wish that they didn't go with the, hey, they all start dating each other and, mm-hmm. and now they have this like relationship. I really just wish that it was like, 
this was this one Saturday. These students all kind of had their differences. By the end of the movie, they all realized that they have some type of commonality with one mm-hmm. another. And now they kind of have this moment in their life where they can be like this acquaintances was with somebody. Yeah. Like maybe we're, maybe we're not going to be best friends. Maybe we're not going to be that, you know, maybe this wasn't um, going to be like, hey, this is now my new click. Mm-hmm. But we are all now acquaintances with one another and we have a, some type of level of respect for one another that we didn't have prior. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where how I wish the film ended. I know because it does like taint like that final final scene where it's like they're all walking off and there's like the monologue from Brian and then you get like Bender like raising his fist in the air. Yeah. And it's like that's the part that like everybody fucking remembers. Yeah. And it's like 2 minutes before that the movie's kind of like a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. very odd. Um I agree like those are the biggest things that I have like con-wise with it. The other I have I have two other ones. One's a minor one where it's like when they all get high in the library and Andrew's like dancing around and he goes back into the room and then he screams Screams and shatters the window. The only thing that's not realistic in this movie. And it's so weird. I don't know if like they're trying to be like, oh, well, it's not realistic when you're high. Like everything's everything's a little exaggerated. But like, I don't know. It feels weird Mm -hmm. for me. Um, The main problem that I have with this film is that like up until that scene where they're all sitting down after they're high and like they're kind of explaining like why they're in here like what like Andrew like duct taped the guy's ass shut or something like yeah. that and like the really really dark one of Brian that we'll get into in a minute yeah um like up until that point you get like these snippets where it's like they're about to have like a conversation with each other or like they're starting to have a conversation that's like actually meaningful that could be character development of them growing a bond. Right. And then it cuts to something completely lighthearted for a second. Yeah. Like literally, like as we were saying with Bender where it's like he's explaining his home life and he shows the cigarette burn and then he goes upstairs like on the the stairs and just sits there. Yeah. And then the very next scene, they're going to, like, the cafeteria. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I guess it's just, like, because you have to kind of take it as, like, these moments. Like, that's yeah. what this whole film is based on, like, is, is made of. It's just, like, these compilation of moments. Like, you know, we're with them for essentially nine hours mm-hmm. on a Saturday. So, like, them, that's just, like, a small moment in, in the grander scheme of the entirety of their day. Yeah. So, like... After you get to that point of, like, him going up the stairs and sitting there, you kind of just have to imagine that, like, okay, everyone just kind of shut the fuck up for, like, the next half hour. Nobody says anything. Everyone's just, like, absorbing that and taking that in. And then we kind of move on. Yeah. I mean, I get it because it's, like, that is something that, like, goes on in school. Like, that is, like, an actual real-life thing. It's just in a movie setting. Yeah. And it's it's that hard situation of, like, you have to kind of like disassociate in certain parts where yeah. it's like, do I, do I criticize this for not being like a movie or do I criticize this for like being too real? That, yeah. And I mean, you, you listen, John Hughes, he, he literally wrote this screenplay in like two days. Oh, really? <laughs> and he didn't even have like a finished script. 
a lot of the things that happen in this movie are actually like improv. Hmm. Like he just kind of lets his actors like um, Bender throwing his fist up in the air was not like written in the script. That was like improv. Um, everybody dancing was kind of like a like a like a thing where it was like I, I think it originally was only supposed to be Claire dancing, mm. and then she was like, ah, this feels kind of weird. I, yeah. I wish I, <laughs> other people would start dancing. So then they do like the whole compilation. Mm-hmm. So like that wasn't written in the script. So there's a lot of things that were kind of just like loosely said and 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 just like okay, let's just kind of fill in the gaps, mm-hmm. which might make I I don't know, which might make it feel like the screenplay is kind of unbalanced. Yeah, which I guess it kind of does because like I said. The whole the whole prior to the end of this movie, the whole rest of the film is kind of like these ups and downs. It's like this mm-hmm. roller coaster ride, yeah. which is it, teenage life, which is teenage life. And you can say it works, but you could also be like, yeah, but it's also just because it was an unfinished screenplay and we don't really know what the hell like, you know, they were just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. But there was obviously like a loose structure. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's hard. to It's hard to say, like, whether or not, you know, these things are done on purpose or not. Mm-hmm. But Overall, overall, it's a very good film. It is. And I want to, like, the things that I like about this film, like, definitely outweigh it, where it's like... One again, thing I will say, sorry, to, uh, just before we, like, oh, really, before oh, we you. really get into it, <laughs> before we just really get into it, is Emilio Estevez mm-hmm. is, like, the whitest kid in the world who yes. has, like, the most Spanish name ever. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> Also, Brian Johnson is my cousin. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I really liked from the very, like, beginning of this film, like, when they're dropping them off at school. Mm-hmm. Like, you can immediately tell who is who and what their home life is like. Yeah. And I think that is, like, really, really good to, like, base start things off where it's, like, you understand, like, what everyone is like from literally being dropped off from yeah, school. Yeah, everybody is kind of like their stereotypical clique. Yes, like you have Bender just walking, you have uh, Allison just going to say something and then they drive off. Yeah. You have Claire where it's like, oh, Dad, why couldn't you get me out of this? Yeah. You have Brian's mom basically like saying like, don't do this again. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, And then Andrew's dad's just like yelling at him about like, you're going to get yourself not into a school for, for sports because of this. Yeah. So it's very easy to tell like what everybody is in terms of like a click in school. Yeah, and I think that that's like what this whole, obviously like we kind of already mentioned it a, l- a little bit ago, but that's kind of like what the overall theme of this film is. It's kind of yes. like we all see, we all we all think that we're different. We all mm. think that we're like don't in, judge our, a book our, by its cover. Yeah, and like we're all in our own little worlds and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we all have like commonalities, and of course, we're all just people yeah in this movie we're all just teenagers trying to fucking figure life out yeah and we think that like it's so funny when you think about like our teenage years and in high school and you're Mm -hmm. like man when something happens in high school it feels like the most important thing in the world and it feels like everything is ending but in reality like you look back and you're like i can't believe that i used to get upset over this thing that and like i also think about like times where it's like i could have been more of myself and just like not gone along with like the crowd yeah where it's like and it's, it's so weird because it's like every now and again, like I think about this too, where it's like that old school like advice from like your parents when you're in high school is like, just be yourself. Like, don't listen to them. Like, just do what you want to do. Yeah. And it's like at the moment you're like, man, come, like it's so stupid. Like, I can't do that. You don't understand. And it's like as an adult now, it's like. Yeah, that's literally the advice. Yeah. Like, that is the only way to fucking kind of, like, make your own path. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's kind of like... A th- I think that's, like, the reason as to why this movie has aged so well for yeah. the most part. 
um, is just because it's kind of like a timeless thing of like teenagers are always going to feel this way. High school, for the most part, you know, is never going to change until we're, Mm -hmm. you know, 150 years in the future and everyone's just aliens. But like prior to that, like we're all just people and we all have our issues and we all have our problems at home and we all are trying to be cooler than we actually are Mm -hmm. and more interesting than we think that we are. (laughs) And, you know, you're going to have your sports clicks and your weird clicks and your smart guys and Mm -hmm. your cool girls and the pretty ones and the ugly ones and your misfits and all that. Like that's always going to be the case no matter what. Yeah. And that's why this movie is going to age or has aged for the last, you know, 50, almost 50 years like this. Mm -hmm. So, I do love, like, the subtle unity in the group where it's, like, it starts out, like, really, really small. It starts out, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes in where it's, like, they all start, like, nodding off and, like, falling asleep. And, like, Mr. Vernon comes in and, like, wakes them up. And it's, like, like that and then, like, when they all start, like, whistling together. Yeah. And then you have the moment of, like, them all eating lunch. And it's, like, seeing, like, what the different lunch style is for everybody. Yeah. Um, obviously Bender doesn't have a lunch, right. so it's like, oh, well, but he does have a packet of marijuana. Yes, he does. <laughs> and a switchblade. And a switchblade, yeah. Um, and then finally, like, you know, them all smoking together and then like them dancing scene, like the montage at the end. It's like these small little things that like show like, again, they're from different like society standpoints and different like cliques, but it's like. Here's but these, we all can whistle. We can all whistle. Well, not me. I can't whistle. <laughs> so I wouldn't be allowed in that part of the movie. Um, I do find it kind of weird that um, they all... Everybody hates Bender. Yeah. And when they have the opportunities to like get him in trouble, they all don't. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's like, again, like that weird kind of thing where it's like... Because I, I think yeah. that overall, um, Vernon is like the main antagonist for yeah. them and like they're kind of like you know he's like their main enemy number one and then at the end of the day like they're gonna stay together and then you know like he's the adult they're the teenagers and the teenagers are always gonna stay together no matter what mm-hmm. but like it is kind of strange where it's like he's such a jerk and like he's yeah. so mean to claire i mean he and literally puts his face into her crotch yeah and like she still is just like, no, we're all good here. Like, it's just so yeah. bizarre. Like, even the beginning, like, when he's like, hey, what if we, like, close the doors and go crazy on the princess? And it's like, yeah, like, that's weird. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, when he pulls the pin out of the door, it's like they all still defend him. Yeah. So it's like, I, I guess it's like this common ground of them. Yeah. And again, like, it's this point of they all kind of still know each other from school. So it's like we have this moment of like just this Saturday afternoon of like trapped in like what their life is like. So it's like, we don't know like what they've been through beforehand with each other. Like they've, they've obviously like seen each other. They've already had like some kind of passing. Yeah. Um. So it's like, maybe there was a moment where it's like, you know, Bender did something to help Claire out or something with Andrew. Like we don't know. And, yeah. and I guess that's still just kind of like part of, high school it's like you don't want to be the tattletale you don't want to be the rat yeah so maybe that's the reason why yeah but like bender doesn't really make it any better for himself no god um, no I'll, I'll, go ahead there is like a really cool like camera scene though like in terms of when it's bender and mr vernon going back and forth and he's he's giving him more, more days yeah. and it's like that quick cut like back between each other yeah. that i i really liked um it just showed like the intensity of both of them yeah, uh, Vernon is such like a, a 
he there's actually like not a crazy amount, but he does have a moment with uh, the guy, the, the janitor. Yeah, like Carlos or Carl. Carl, yeah, who like they're sitting down in the basement together, and he kind of says to him like, you know. Vernon's basically just complaining about like these teenagers and how basically like he's so scared of the like what the world's gonna become because these are the teenagers who are gonna be in charge of the world. Mm-hmm. And Carl basically just says to him like, "Listen, man, the teenagers have always been like this. You're the one who's changed. Like, yeah. You're the one who's changing." And that's kind of like that moment of like, "Listen, man, you were a teenager at one point too, and you were probably just as much of a douchebag and a scumbag mm-hmm. and and a headache to you know your elders." when you were a kid, but now that you're an adult and now, and now that they're treating you like this, like you, you know, you can't imagine that you were, that you used to be like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, for the most part, everybody grows up and everybody is not acting like this anymore because you're, you're like the physical embodiment of it. Like you used to be like this and now you're not. And you're seeing these kids as such a problem, even though you were probably just as much, you know, when, when you were young. Um, So there's like a little bit there to unpack because Carl's kind of like this weird character who is the janitor, but he has a lot of, I don't want to call him like philosophical, but mm-hmm. he's, he's got a bit of knowledge and he's, him. he's smart. And, and he, and he like, they, there's like that, I think in the opening shot or am I, it, it, maybe it was a deleted scene, but Carl is like, like, like the man of the year or something in their school. Mm-hmm. There's like a, like a, like a, an old high school photo of him from yeah. that school. And it says like man of the year and it's, and it's him. And it's just like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> does that mean that like he like he's the best he's, janitor ever? Well, no, it's just this was this was when he was in high school, so it's like this is prior to all of this. So, so it's probably just like, like he is like a really g- great guy, mm-hmm. I, I guess, and like he was like super likable and all that, and he just decided to choose this path for himself. So, like, there's like a whole weird backstory to Carl that I, that we never really get because he's a he's kind of a useless character. And I, didn't, and I didn't exactly understand who he was because when they meet Carl, I think he says hi to Brian. Yeah. And they're like, is that your dad or something like yeah. that? And it's like, oh, maybe it but is his dad. But it's not his dad. No. Because his dad picks him up mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, which I don't know. And like they have like this weird relationship with one another. Because like well, at the end when they're leaving, mm-hmm. Carl's like, bye, like see you later, Brian. And Brian's like, see you later. And they like smile at each other like they do know each other. Well, yeah. I don't know who they are. Well, because unless I just missed it. No, like I, I think it's literally just again like that kind of like a little bit of a stereotype where it's like the nerdy kid that doesn't have a lot of friends might have befriended the janitor. Oh, okay. Maybe, like, maybe, I, yeah, maybe that's what I think is. that's literally all it is. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like Carl is like you probably would have I would imagine like being man of the year like when he was young, he was probably like valedictorian or something like that. Yeah. Like high grades scholarship inbound fucking right sports. and it's just like, like, but like why did he become a janitor mm. which not, not saying that there's nothing not saying that there's anything wrong with that but just saying like being the man of the year and then becoming the janitor it's like what happened like yeah. you know what i mean it's just like a weird backstory that you that is just like why did we even get this type of yeah I know. Like, story it's like some people peak in high school it's like why do we have to get like this portion of it <laughs> yeah. um one like the best thing like the best scene i think in this film is when they're all sitting down like on the floor together talking about why they're there oh yeah and then you realize that brian tried to blow his head off with a yeah he uh with well, a flare well, gun. at first like it gets really really heavy where it's like <laughs> yeah like i went and got a gun and i kept it in my locker and i was gonna i was gonna kill myself yeah and i'm like oh my fucking god like this movie <laughs> and then he reveals that it was a flare gun and he fucked up yeah and it's like okay you brought it back a little bit like yeah, yeah. now it's a funny funny time but, but the like, intention was still there the intention was still to kill yourself yeah um so it was a lot um 
I don't remember them ever talking about, though, like, why Claire and Bender are in there. Bender was there because he's Bender. Uh, you, I don't know if... Yeah, I don't remember if they actually say why. Yeah. Claire, Claire they do say why she's there, and I don't remember I, exactly what I, it was. I, just, I looked it up. Like, it was because, like, she skipped school to go shopping. Oh. But it's like... I don't remember that actually being said in the movie. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't remember them saying that. Allie, uh, Al is funny because yeah, she's just she's, like, I decided to be here because I had nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which then makes it weird of, like, why, like, Vernon's, like, yelling at her, too. Yeah. It's yeah. like, wouldn't you... Like, you're a teacher. Wouldn't you know who's supposed to be here for detention? <laughs> yeah, but it's still funny. Yeah. I mean, but still, like, that that's a really great scene because, like, that is the time, finally, where you get that character development, where you get, like, why everybody's in here and, yeah. like, what their fears are for being, like, a teenager. Right. Um, and you get, like, that panoramic style camera shot where it's, like, it's actually passing through everybody yeah. until, like, you get all the way around. And then they even talk about, like, you know the the heavy thing of like when comes monday like what happens to us like are we going to be friends like are we going to be acquaintances are we going to pretend like we never even knew each other right and it's like breaking down that barrier where it's like andrew wants to be like yeah like if brian's there i'm gonna say hi but then your friends are gonna be like yo why are you talking to the nerd right yeah same thing with claire and it's like bender goes like overboard with it where it's like he's basically saying that she's like a hypocrite and a liar yeah and he just yeah but it is true. Like, this is an actual thing where it's like, you know, you might meet somebody along the way on, like, summer or, like, at camp or something like that. And then when it comes time to, like, go back to school, it's like, where does that fit in into, like, the hierarchy of school? Yeah. Like, it's, with clicks. So, it, it is very powerful. It's and, it's a great scene. I just, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that, it, that, that the ending kind of ruins it. Exactly. <laughs> I know. But, like, again, like, I love, the thing that I love about this film is, like, it is, like, just this time capsule of an afternoon. Oh, yeah. Like, it literally just sits there and it's, like, this is a period in time of these people's lives that, yeah. like, for, for, like, However many years they'll be alive, like, until, like, they're 80, 90, it's, like, we got to see them for, like, eight hours. Yeah. And it's, like, that's what I really liked about this film. Yeah. Um, there's so many iconic scenes in this film that you, I don't know, like, if you haven't seen The Breakfast Club, you've you've at least seen some of these scenes. Like, yeah. like the throwing the baloney on the, yes. on, the, uh, <laughs> on the statue's head and, like, it gets stuck there. Like, that's iconic. Sliding, everybody sliding, like, as they're going through the halls, like, trying to not run into Mr. Vernon. Yeah, that's that's an iconic scene. Uh, that's actually a really funny, like, yeah. <laughs> like Scooby-Doo moment thing. Exactly. I, I, that, that's a really good scene. Um, of course, you know, him throwing his fist up in the yes. air the song is a the theme song yes. like was writ, written for this movie mm-hmm. like it, it, it all of that is just so iconic i mean there's there's so many things about the film that the dance scene yeah of i course. mean even just like the i mean it's been parodied and parodied mm-hmm. you know the simpsons did a parody of it bender from futurama yes. was was named after bender from here mm-hmm. it's just like there's so many like the film is obviously iconic and, and is such like a, a a staple in pop culture um, and, and I think that it does deserve it. I, I think yeah. that, you know, overall it, 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 it's a really, really fun, good movie, but it does get, you know, a little stereotypical. Mm-hmm. A, it, it gets lost in the shuffle at points. Like it, a little bit, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe in the eighties, since I was not alive during that time. Um, I was, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that like, you know, maybe like during the eighties, it wasn't as stereotypical, but mm-hmm. like. You know, watching the movie now, 
it's like, oh, we have the jock and we got the cool girl. It's like these are things that we've seen time and time again mm-hmm. at this point. But and I maybe I don't know, like maybe in the I feel like probably not. I feel like even in the 80s, it was probably stereotypical because like you yeah. think about like the 1950s and like those that was still a thing. Yeah. But I think that this kind of like at least brought it to the main screen and was like kind of like the one. Yeah. Like this is the past this, this, for like. Yeah. This is like the staple. Like mm-hmm. this is like this is how you do it. Essentially. Yeah. Um, it's cool too to like see a film be so successful made for a million dollars made like 55 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was, this was not, I don't think this was his debut. I think this was his second feature. He wanted this to be his debut, but it didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah. 16 candles would end up being his debut. Um, but it's cool to see like a very, very small budget film pretty much in one location mm-hmm. filmed on location mm-hmm. in a real high school. Yep. And probably did it in a Saturday. <laughs> um, and you know, just I don't know. It's cool to see like this small, independent kind of you know, like sort of indie style filmmaking yeah. be so successful. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what is just that's something that always makes me really happy to see is like a really, really small, modest budget of a million dollars, even for 1985. That was pretty, pretty small to mm-hmm. make a movie, and um, and to be you know filmed on location with these teenagers. And actually, they weren't. They, most of them were were in their twenties. But yeah, uh, no. you can kind of tell. Yeah, with, yeah like, they Bender. definitely look pretty old. <laughs> like Bender looks like he's like he's up there a little bit. Yeah, um, Brian is like the only one who looks like he's actually a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> truthfully. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's just really cool though to see like the, you know, and it's cool too. Like I, I, it's it's a it's a rarity when you see a movie that's actually like filmed um, in uh, chronological order. Like yes. they actually filmed this movie like from beginning, middle to end. It mm-hmm. wasn't like jumbled all over the place, which I think really helps the actors and whatnot kind of like understand like the overall arc of their character. So I think mm-hmm. that's why like these moments of these really powerful moments of like Bender expressing you know how how he's treated at home or. Brian talking about wanting to kill himself or Andrew talking about how, you know, he's, he's, he's held to such a high regard in his mm-hmm. home. And if he doesn't, you know, if he, if he's, if he doesn't become like a sports superstar, then he's basically a failure in his parents' um, eyes, specifically his father's eyes. Yeah. Like all of these things, I think rain, you know, you know, they hit so much more and, and it makes the characters feel so much more real. And I think the actors benefit from that because you're, you're with them literally from the beginning to the middle to the end. So when they talk about this, you know, you were filming with them during everything prior to. Yeah, which I, I think definitely, like, I see that in Allison's character, too, because it's like you get those moments, like, when her and Andrew are talking about, like, you know, what home life is like. Yeah. It's like she gets, like, that teary-eyed, and, like, you can feel like that's because she saw where we started with her and, like, yeah, where exactly. we are now. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate that, like, you can't make movies in chronological order and, sh- and yeah. do the shot list like from beginning middle to end mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean you can but like it's really really difficult like you got you would basically have to like add on like almost like a week of production probably. yeah well probably more than that because the reason why Depending is on be- movies the, yeah i mean there, i think the reason as to why it was able you're able to do it in this type of movie is because it's one it's one location mm-hmm. it's one location there is no like 
differentiation between like what time it is right like, because it's inside a building there's no like oh it's it's dusk now yeah. oh it's dark out like yeah. it's just like in a room exactly so. so you don't have to worry about like you know oh we got this location on monday like mm-hmm. and we have to shoot this scene there on monday and then we go backtrack to you know whatever so so the benefit of being shot in one location is definitely um really really helpful and i think that that again i think that the actors do a really really good job i, I would say that there's no weak links in this in yeah. this when it comes to the actors i feel like everybody is like strong and like feels like they're portraying like what they're supposed to be yeah yeah um it's a very good movie it's, a, it it's an iconic it's an iconic 80s film that um still holds up today mm-hmm. eight essays out of ten <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I like the the cons really like bring it down it's so unfortunate too because again i haven't watched this movie since i was 16 mm-hmm. so like you don't i didn't remember it being like that at the end and I was just like kind of disappointed when you get to that ending and you're like, wow, this is how it ends. It doesn't yeah. doesn't really stick the landing. It's so unfortunate. No, I know it. It, it is kind of like it just sucks. But, <laughs> but I mean, like overall, like it's actually really good. Oh, of course. Like if you haven't seen it, like it's really good. Yeah, it's it's absolutely worth a watch. And uh, and I think that, you know, on some level you can relate to it. I think pretty much everybody can relate to it at some on some level. Yeah. So and we all probably know a character. You know, we 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 kind of feel like we know a character in the film. Like, oh man, that that is just like that person that I went to high school with, or that reminds me so much of this person that I went to high school with. Yeah. So. Like, there's nobody in there that like makes me feel like you know that kind of like pinpointed where it's like, oh, that's me. Right. Like, I I gravitate towards you. Yeah. But it's like I understand who each one is. Yeah. Zach. Yes, you have friend. a recommendation. I do have a recommendation. Okay. I have been searching. I have been seeing a bunch of shit online for it. And I finally fucking found it in Target. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm honestly really surprised that, like, because I was just kind of, like, in there just to buy a couple of things. Um, and I actually ended up seeing it. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to buy, like, three boxes of these. Um, but the cereal Magic Spoon. Um, oh, right, yeah. It, it's, like, it's like no sugar, protein, all that it's jazz. It's super cool. Like, it's... um. I have a box downstairs. I got the the fruity one because uh, that was the only one that like I thought would actually be good. Um, but in stores, there's also like peanut butter and a chocolate one. There's a shit ton of flavors online. Like if you go to like their website and like order them, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of them, but like I ended up getting the fruity one, and it honestly tastes like Fruit Loops. Mm. I I really enjoy it. Um, the company was made by Greg and Gabby. Uh, Greg and Gabby, the shout two, out Greg two and friends. Gabby. Um, they just decided like, hey, let's make like a, a cereal that like actually is like decent for you, and like it it kind of is like supposed to be where it brings you back to your childhood of like you know these are all like the fun flavors that you used to love, but hey, guess what? It's actually healthy for you, right? And it's like thirteen grams of protein, like I think it's like zero grams of carbs. Um, it's like one gram of sugar. It's like 150 calories for a bowl. Yeah. So it's like it's actually super nutritious for you. Yeah. Um, and to make it where it's like it's actually tasty, like that's kind of like the hard part. Um, because I remember seeing the commercials and it's like, oh, like bodybuilders are eating it and children are eating it and old people are eating it. Yeah. So it's like it's a cereal designed for like everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's actually nutritional. So. We're only uh we're only gonna be giving them a recommendation if they decide to sponsor us. We're gonna give we're gonna give you guys five weeks to sponsor us. If you don't sponsor us Can in you, five weeks, we're taking it back. If you send us like a <laughs> box of four, oh please. <laughs> we gotta stop doing these free promos for people. <laughs> somebody Sick res- of it. somebody respond <laughs> to us. God please. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So Magic yeah. Spoon is your recommendation. It is. Nice. Frank, awesome. What are we doing next? Oh, Zach. Um 
I hate I hate to do this because it feels kind of weird, but uh, I made a short film, mm-hmm. sort of, kind of. I made a short film. I would call it a short film. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything about it. We're going to talk about what the future of it is going to be, the things that, that I hope to accomplish with it, and all that. So you've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. you said, you said some kind things to me. You also said some very not kind things to me that mm-hmm. I don't appreciate yeah. that we're going to talk about off the air. <laughs> a very bad boy. I'm tired of your horseradish smell. <laughs> Just get um, rid of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. So, uh, look forward to that. Zach, anything else? Uh, 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 Zach, uh, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, eat my shorts. <laughs>